Hello everyone and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss everything Mo, from modern orthodoxy to my opinions and more. I'm your host Evan Harris and we have a great guest for you today. Let's get to it. Today we're sitting down with genetic counselor, Esty Rose. How are you doing, Esty? Hi, Evan. So I wanted to discuss the idea of genetic counseling, you know, how important it is to do this and just really everything that goes into it. But before we do that, I just want to talk about your background, where you're from, and what brought you to this career. Well, thank you for having me first. Um, I, I love doing these types of interviews because I feel like I'm speaking to myself 15 years ago. Um, so I uh, am SD. I am a genetic counselor. I was born and raised in the New York City area. Um, I went to Stern College, and then I got my master's degree in genetic counseling at Mount Sinai in New York. Um, ever since I graduated genetic counseling school, um, I knew that I wanted to bring my expertise about genetics into the Orthodox and the non-Orthodox world, into the Jewish world, because unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, Jewish genetic health issues in our community. So I feel very lucky that I get to use my uh, skills and my expertise in the world of genetics to help people um, like me, you know, people in our community. Um, I decided when I was in Stern College that I wanted to be a genetic counselor after bringing a genetic testing organization into Stern and testing hundreds of students. Um, and the rest is history. Okay, great. And so what is JScreen? So JScreen is an at-home testing program based out of Emory University. So our home base is in Atlanta and is Emory, but because we do at-home testing, anybody in the United States could get tested through our program. Uh, everything is saliva-based. So people who are interested in getting testing go to our website, they register for a spit kit or a saliva kit, uh, we send it to their home, and then when the results come in, we talk to them about the results either by phone or by Zoom, whichever one they prefer. So JScreen is pretty cool because we're able to provide you know, very accessible testing to anyone, no matter where they are, um, in a way that's also very affordable. It's $149 to do all of this testing. Um, our ReproGen test uh, consists of 225 conditions right now. Um, so people are getting this really comprehensive and very thorough test from the comfort of their home and the privacy of their home. And they also get genetic counseling with it. So kind of, you know, the best of all the world. They don't need to take off of work. They don't need to get their blood drawn. They don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars like it used to cost. Um, it's all done very simply and very smoothly. And what's the what's the point of genetic testing? Just like to start from the beginning, like why should people do this? When should people do this? So I just want to make clear that there are many different types of genetic testing. Um, the one that we're talking about today is reproductive carrier screening. Um, in addition to that, just so people are aware, um, there are other types of genetic testing. So, um, for example, if we are concerned that a person might have a genetic disease themselves, they might go to a genetic test, uh, a genetic counselor. Um, if we're concerned about a family history of something like, let's say, breast cancer, they might see a cancer genetic counselor. So there are many different types of genetic testing out there, but the type that we're going to talk about today is only reproductive carrier screening, which we do at JScreen. Um, reproductive carrier screening is important for people who are planning to have a child because there are many conditions that we might carry that we don't have ourselves, like we don't have any symptoms of that condition. But if our partner happens to carry the same condition, then our children would be at risk to have it. 
So most people are carriers of things, and we usually don't know that we're carriers for these things because carriers don't have symptoms. So getting ahead of that risk by doing genetic testing and seeing what we're carriers for can help us when we're planning for our family. So for example, if somebody gets tested and they find out that they're a carrier for Tay-Sachs disease, they're okay. They don't have Tay-Sachs, they'll never get Tay-Sachs. But we'll wanna recommend that their partner gets tested as well because if they're also a carrier for Tay-Sachs, their kids would be at risk to have it. If their partner tests negative, we're not concerned. We're only concerned if there's a carrier couple. Okay, and so in the case of a carrier couple, what do you recommend? Or what so, does the field recommend? Yeah, so genetic counseling is really, really important in these types of cases. So when we find out that we have a carrier couple, that means that there's a 25% chance or a one in four chance for each of their kids to be affected with TASAP. So that, that's a pretty significant risk. Um, so when we have carrier couples, we sit down with the couple um, and we talk to them about what their risks are. We talk to them about the ins and outs of the condition. What are the symptoms? Are there any treatments available for it? And then we talk about different options that they have when they're ready to build their family. So those options might include not continuing the relationship, or they might decide to continue the relationship and maybe intervene. So for example, some couples might decide to undergo in vitro fertilization or IVF with genetic testing of the embryo. So before they even get pregnant, they can create an embryo outside of the body and they can do genetic testing on that embryo and see whether or not the embryo is affected with the condition, if the embryo has inherited both the mom's and the dad's mutations. And they'll only use embryos that are not affected. So essentially it's a way of getting ahead of things and making sure that the only children they have, that the children that they have will definitely not have two mutations. Um, other couples might decide to use an egg donor or a sperm donor who's not a carrier. Um, other couples might decide to get pregnant naturally and take the chance. Other, other couples might decide to take a chance and also test the fetus during a pregnancy, which you could do pretty early on in a pregnancy with a test called the CVS. So my point is that when we have these carrier couples, we sit down with them and we talk to them for a very, very long time about all the different parts of it, what the disease is, what the risk is, and what they can do about it. Um, just something that I wanted to make clear is that carrier couples are not that common. So it's very, very common to find carriers. About 80% of our patients are carriers for things, but carrier couples are not that common. I don't wanna scare the audience here. Um, again, most people are carriers, but most people are not part of carrier couples. Okay, okay, very interesting stuff. So I am now married. I got married a week and a half ago, but so this is my, this is my first podcast recording since then. And so, but when I started dating, I heard all about this genetic testing. You know, I, I, I did it. I used JScreen. And at the same time, though, there's no really, no real like accountability, I would say. There's no one making sure you did it. You know, there's not nothing really like that. So I'm wondering how JScreen is trying to improve that, how JScreen is trying to make it more universal that people make sure they do this before they start dating. Because even if carrier couples are rare, we obviously, first of all, we want people to be informed of what they are a carrier for. And second of all, if you could prevent something tragic from happening, you you want to do that. So what does JScreen do to try to market itself to make sure people are getting out ahead and being tested before they're in the situation where they'll have to make a, a tough decision? 
So I'm very proud to say that over 90% of our patient population um, is a non-pregnant population. So we're getting there before pregnancy um, very often. So that's very exciting for us. And I think the reason is because we have a very effective outreach department at JScreen. Um, we have people who are literally going around the country, either live or virtually, giving talks and educating people. We're doing webinars. We're doing podcasts just like this, right? We're doing things to inform the community about the importance of getting tested. Uh, we're doing campus screening. So we go to big colleges or not even big colleges or anywhere that has a Jewish presence and we're screening teenagers, you know, 19 and 20 year olds um, to see whether or not they're carriers. So we're, we're kind of everywhere and anywhere and anyone that's in, that invites us, we're happy to go to your community because we want to raise awareness. Um, another big part of it is getting in front of influencers in the community. So speaking to rabbis, speaking to popular OBGYNs that the Jewish communities use, um, just getting in front of people who have a say um, and have more know-how in the community. So like I know, for example, that a lot of rabbis, especially like YU rabbis, will require that they're um, that the couples that they're going to be Masada or Kedushin for get tested before they agree to do the wedding. Um, so yeah, so we're talking straight to the community, but we're also speaking to the people who are influential in the community. Okay, that's great. And what would you say to someone who says that they'll do it eventually when they get around to it? You know, I'm sure some people procrastinate when it comes to this because people think they're fine. Do you have any stories, I guess, more on the on the negative side that kind of show that this isn't something that you should just wait till the last minute to do? Unfortunately, yeah. So, you know, I mentioned before that when we have carrier couples, we have a lot of options that we're able to give them. But you might have noticed that some of those options are only available to couples that are not already pregnant, right? So you can't do IVF if you're already pregnant. You can't use an egg donor if you're already pregnant. Um, so it's always best to do the testing before pregnancy because in case there is a problem, you'll have more options available to you. Um, unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, I dealt with a couple that was found to be a carrier couple and they were already halfway through their pregnancy. And at that point, um, you know, they were struggling with what do we do? Is it worth it to find out whether this is going to be a baby who's affected? Is it not worth it? Um, and that's a very, very big stress on the marriage, on the couple, on the next, 20 weeks of the pregnancy. Um, and I only wish they would have you know, gotten tested earlier. Before we get back to the episode, here's a word from our sponsors. The Mopod is sponsored by OKClarity.com. OKClarity.com is the place for any Jew, no matter how from or religious you are, to find a top-notch therapist, psychiatrist, coach, or nutritionist. And it's completely free for you to use. OKClarity.com's professionals are vetted and have extensive experience working with the Jewish community. If you're in the market for a therapist, coach, nutritionist, psychiatrist, or the like, you want to check them out. If you don't find what you're looking for, they have a concierge service where you complete a short form and they will personally match you. If you are a wellness professional, I highly recommend joining their directory. Their team is amazing and professionals receive referrals effortlessly. Okay, Clarity also has an amazing WhatsApp status with over 8K obsessed followers, and yes, I am one of them. Their WhatsApp is a free way to improve your mental health and they post great humor, so you'll laugh too. If you have WhatsApp, shoot them a message at 917-426-1495. Again, that's 917-426-1495. We'll put the links to their website and WhatsApp in the show notes. So make sure to smash those links. You won't regret it. Okay, for sure. So now I'm going to ask you a philosophical question. Okay. Do Ready? you believe in the concept of basher? 
that there's one person for everyone and that's how it is. So let's say a couple comes to you that's been that's been dating for a long time. They're they're ready to get married, but then they find out that they're a carrier couple. So are you recommending that they stay together? You know, granted we don't know who's Bashar and who's not Bashar, but how do you deal with kind of the idea of Bashar and also the idea of carrier couples who are at risk but are already together, already maybe even you know, engaged or whatever it is. I hate when this happens. Um, when it happens, it's really, really sad for me. Um, so my job, like when I was trained to be a genetic counselor, part of the training is you give the people the options and let them choose what's best for them and don't put any mm-hmm. judgment on it and don't make any recommendations. So I try really, really hard to do that. Um, and that's why I say maybe they'll want to speak to a rabbi, you know, so I definitely am very supportive of people bringing in a third party to help them make the decision. I'm there to give them the data and, you know, the, the raw facts. And then I very, very highly recommend that they bring in somebody um, who could provide some kind of spiritual guidance or halakhic guidance to it. Um, and very often we'll, we will get a rabbi involved um, or like a yowetza halakha or a rebetzin or depending on, you know, who they're close to. Um, I'll be the one to say, this is what the disease is, this is what the options entail. Um, and then the rabbi is usually the one to make the, the sock for them. Um, I will say that I've seen a lot of different things. And I noticed that the different rabbis are very, very um, specific to that couple. So depending on the disease, they might make one sock. Depending on the age of the couple, they may make a different sock. So like I once had a couple who were 39 and 42, and this was finally, they met their match, you know, and then Mm -hmm. this happened, they were a carrier couple. And um, the rabbi told them to get married and to do IVF versus a couple who just met four weeks ago, you know, who are in their early 20s, who might have been carriers for the same condition as that 39 and 42 year old couple, um, the rabbi might have told them to break up. So um, I see that everything is very case by case with this kind of stuff. And um, there's no black or white yes or no answer to anything. Um, and the rabbis take all these other factors into account when they're making that decision. So yes, I do believe in Bashar, um, but I will leave uh, that stuff up to the rabbi. Okay, got it. And so I really don't know how this stuff works scientifically, but I'm wondering if if you're not a carrier couple, what are the chances that there's still a genetic defect um, in pregnancy? That's a good question. So um, you should know that not all testing is perfect. So yeah. even though, let's say the J-screen test is wonderful and it's excellent, it's not covering every single genetic disease in the world, right? So we have 30,000 genes, we're looking at 225 of them. Um, We're not randomly picking these genes, we're picking the ones that most commonly have mutations, but sometimes, you know, one in a million things do happen, you know, so we can't account for that with our testing. So even though our testing is wonderful, one of the limitations is that we're not testing for everything and there's still a chance for a non-carrier couple to have a child with a genetic condition. Um, There are also genetic conditions that happen spontaneously in a, a fetus, so you can't plan for those. Some things happen not because the parents are carriers um, and we can't plan for things like that. So there's always a chance for a non-carrier couple to have a child with a genetic disease, though the risks are pretty low. Gotcha. And so kind of taking this back to JScreen, who are the primary users target market of JScreen? 
So I would say that has changed a lot over the years. Um, when we started about 10 years ago, um, the J in J screen indicates that we were only testing the Jewish community. Um, and that was because we knew that people who had Ashkenazi inheritance were much more likely to be carriers for things. And there were really good tests out there for Ashkenazi people. Um, and that's what we did. Now, over the years, we learned that it's not just an Ashkenazi problem and that people of all different backgrounds, whether they're Ashkenazi or Sephardi or mixed or not even Jewish at all, um, we're all at risk to have different diseases. So even though we're still called J-Screen, um, maybe we should just be called Screen uh, because <laughs> now we're testing people of all different backgrounds um, to see whether or not they're carriers. Um, so anybody who's planning on having a child should be tested, not just people who have Ashkenazi ancestry, anybody should be tested. So that's uh, part one. Part two has to do with the age of the person. So it's not really necessary for people who are not in the you know reproductive stage of life uh, to get tested for these things. It's recommended for people who are planning to have a child. So anybody planning to have a child, whether now or in the future, um, regardless of their ancestry should be tested. Got it. And how long have you been with JScreen? I've been with JScreen for almost seven years. Uh, before that, I was at Einstein, um, mm -hmm. and I was um, doing carrier screening and cancer testing as well. Got it. And who start? Do you live in Atlanta? I don't. I live in the okay. Five Towns. Oh, okay, okay. I'm from the Five Towns. And so, who started JScreen? Like, what? Why did someone think like we should start this? Was it? I assume it was someone Jewish. Yeah, but, so yeah. it's actually, there's always a story behind it, right? So yeah. um, basically, there is a family, the Gold family, who live down in Atlanta, uh, Randy and Caroline Gold, and they um, had a child, and then they had their second child, um, and she um, she has a condition called the mucolipidosis type 4, or ML4. Her name is Eden, and she's adorable, and she's already a teenager. But when she was born, um, they knew that something just wasn't right. So they went to their doctors and the doctor said, yeah, well, we did all your genetic testing before you got pregnant with Eden and everything was fine. Little did they know ML4 was added to the panel later. So they were always carriers for ML4, but they just were never tested for it. So it's not like they tested negative. It just wasn't part of the testing at the time. Um, and Eden, you know, progressed over the years and has become more challenged with her ML4 and, um, Randy and Caroline parents said like this shouldn't happen to anybody else. So mm -hmm. they were um, crucial in uh, getting JScreen started. Um, it started out as the Atlanta gene screen. So they were only screening people in their area at the time. Um, and it became associated with Emory. So it now is an Emory program and it kind of developed into this big, huge national program because of uh, their work and their passion for this. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously very unfortunate, but taking that situation and turning it into this is, is really amazing. So yeah, they were able to have another child after because they use IVF with PGT. So um, yeah, they really, you know, took a really, really difficult situation and were able to help thousands and thousands of people because of it. That's, that's really great. So being a genetic counselor, what actually goes into the the day to day with that? So um, depending on where you work, it's always going to be a different answer. Um, I do clinical work, which means that I see patients most of the time. Um, so I review cases, I see why they're getting tested, make sure that they're getting the right test, that they're getting what they're looking for. 
um, when the results come in, um, I speak to them about what the results mean for them and for their family members. Um, very often I'll have to refer them to somewhere, you know, in their area. So like a specialist in their area or maybe a support group for something specific to what they're dealing with. Um, so I do a lot of, you know, patient contact, uh, speaking to patients and supporting them along the way. Um, just so you know, at JScreen, in addition to our reproductive carrier screening, so all the stuff that we've been talking about until now, we also have a second test, which is not at all related to that, called our cancer gen test, um, where we test people for over 70 genes that are, cause a predisposition to cancer. So I have, you know, my younger patient population, the people who are planning to have kids, and I also have um, the same age people through their 90s um, getting tested for cancer genes. So I counsel uh, both types of patients. And what's the success rate of the cancer test? What do you mean success rate? Meaning if it says you have a predisposition for cancer, like what are the chances? Does it tell you like what percentage chance that you'll get cancer? Like how does that work exactly? That's exactly what it is. So okay. if somebody tests positive for a mutation in a cancer gene, that means that they have a predisposition to certain cancers. It's not a guarantee, but they're more likely to get certain cancers because of that genetic mutation. Um, every single gene that we test for has um, a different set of cancers that's associated with it. So I'll give you a good example. Um, the BRCA1 gene. I'm sure you've heard of BRCA before. It's one of the more well-known breast cancer genes. Um, if a woman tests positive for a mutation in either the BRCA1 or the BRCA2 gene, they have a much higher than average chance to get breast cancer. Um, mm -hmm. The average woman has about a 12% chance. A woman with a BRCA mutation has up to an 85% chance. Um, in addition to that, there's also a pretty significant increase in the risk for ovarian cancer and also pancreatic cancer for men and women who are carriers. So. For all of these cancers, it's not 100%. It's not a guarantee that they're going to get cancer, but having the mutation puts them at greater risk. And knowing that they're at greater risk, right, getting their results um, will help inform how they manage their medical care. So some people might decide to go screening for cancer more often or to start at a young age and to be much more on top of things. Um, in certain instances, we would recommend that they have a preventative surgery to reduce the risk of getting cancers. So the point is that knowing that you're predisposed to cancer can help you, you know, figure out and plan for the future for yourself and also for your family members who might test positive as well. Okay, it definitely makes sense. It's definitely worth checking out. And so when I was tested, I remember that the process was that they, JScreen called me, I think the next day to tell me the results. Is that still the process? Yeah, so um, when results are ready, we inform our patients by email, hey, your results are ready, click here to make an appointment with a genetic counselor. So people can make an appointment either by phone or by Zoom um, at any time that works for them. Um, we try to be pretty accommodating, so we have evening hours and weekend hours. Um, so it usually works out with that people get appointments within a week. So I don't know if I'm alone on this, but I feel like that's a very scary way to tell people. Um, just because like it's not in the email directly like you kind of got to wait for this phone call and then you're like oh gosh like like what's going to happen on this phone call is there a is there a logic behind doing it that way as opposed to just including in the email yes there is a logic uh we go back and forth on this all the time so the logic is that if we were to just email somebody a positive result they might not know how to interpret it or what to do with it so they see they're positive and they say, okay, I'm positive, but they don't know that they're supposed to tell their partner to get tested. So we are 
a little, some might say a little bit too paternalistic, you know, like mm-hmm. people could read it and if they choose to test their partner, great. And if they choose not to, that's not our problem. But um, I think it is our problem. And I think that we, um, that people generally do better when they hear it from a person versus maybe missing something just by looking at a lab report. Um, these lab reports are very, very thorough. I'm sure you remember your your report was probably like 20 pages long. Um, and they're hard to read. You know, unless you're trained to read these things, it's very easy to miss uh, information. So we uh, believe that people should get the genetic counseling with the testing and not just get a copy of their results. Um, but by the way, if somebody does request their results before genetic counseling, we'll definitely send it to them. Uh, so we're not going to say no, but it's not going to be our you know, first way for them to see the results. Got it. And just a question more about our audience. So our audience is primarily modern Orthodox. You know, I started a dating platform called Modate. Um, it's kind of hard to, and a lot of the the principles behind it are that people in, in our community like being set up by friends. And so I don't know if there's a stigma or not even just thought about so much, but I feel like a lot of friends aren't telling their friends like, hey, you should go get genetically tested. You know, it's more of a thing that I would say like adults are telling their their kids or whoever it is, shotguns are telling people. So I'm wondering, how do you think that we could be better about that? You know, people that are in the dating community can be better about telling our peers about it. Like, should there be any embarrassment there or anything? Or should we just, everyone should just say it? I think everyone should just say it because... You know, as I mentioned before, this type of genetic testing doesn't tell you anything about yourself and your own health. Um, it's just planning for the future. Um, so you're not saying, hey, I did genetic testing. I have this genetic disease. It's more like, hey, I did this genetic testing. I'm a carrier. You're probably a carrier for something too. make sure you get tested. So just normalizing the whole process. Um, would be very helpful, you know, for people to help us spread the word. Um, you know, when we come to campus and we're testing hundreds of people at a time, it's just like something that people do to check it off their list, you know, like, mm-hmm. just like people might make a registry, you know, for their wedding, make sure you get genetic testing. It's just another thing. You're hiring the caterer, you're hiring the florist, make sure you do your J-screen, you know, like us doing things like this um, and normalizing it and normalizing being a carrier, um, should just be common. So I very strongly encourage uh, all the listeners here to get tested, obviously, uh, but to also encourage their friends to do it too. Once again, a brief message from our sponsor, OKClarity.com. The Mopod is sponsored by OKClarity.com. OKClarity.com is a great place for any of you to find a top-notch therapist, psychiatrist, coach, or nutritionist, and it's completely free for you to use. If you're a wellness professional, definitely check out OKClarity.com and consider joining their directory. Their team is amazing and professionals receive referrals effortlessly. If you have WhatsApp, shoot them a message at 917-426-1495. Again, that's 917-426-1495. Back to the Mopod. Okay, sounds good. We're going to move on to a segment we do here called the Mopod Lightning Round, where I'm just going to fire off some quick questions and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Scary. Yeah, go for it. Okay, what is the favorite th- your favorite thing about your job? Um, the people that I work with. Okay. What is your favorite Microsoft product? Outlook. What is your favorite gene? <laughs> um, the fragile X gene. Okay. Why does water so negatively affect wood? 
I don't know. Am I supposed to know that? No, no, you don't have to know all the answers to the questions. <laughs> How many gourmet glot bags have you seen in your life? Thousands. Okay, thank you, Esther Rose, for joining the MoPod. Anything else I want our listeners to know before we sign off? Uh, one thing that I don't think I made clear is that um, testing needs to be done before any pregnancy, not just a first pregnancy. So a lot of times people will say, oh, I got tested when I got married and 10 years later, I'm good. I got tested 10 years ago. Um, that's not necessarily true. Uh, the labs come out with new tests pretty often. So it's important to make sure that your testing is up to date anytime you're planning for a pregnancy. So even if you have one or two kids and you're planning for a third pregnancy, just make sure that everything is up to date. All right. Sounds great. Thank you for coming on. Pop the volume.